Your Excellency, Mr. Chernoff, can I add my welcome to that of my colleagues uh, and distinguished friends all welcome to this uh, edition of New, which is 10. It's hard to believe it's 10 already, but it's so precocious it calls itself 12. I know that's confusing. <laughs> uh, we started off calling it New 03 because it started in the year um, 2003 because I had an ambition that it might be an annual, and I'm so glad it's sustained and, and has grown in such a way that we can now celebrate its, its 10 years. In 10 years, I think we've seen uh, some close to 70 artists achieving their dream project, uh, having ambition, being well supported, uh, finding their own community of expertise and finding a wider audience. It's brilliant uh, and we're so proud to be uh, able to present it to you and to work with all of those artists, including Larissa, who is a, an example of the alumni. Well done, Larissa. It's, it's really marvellous that we can also help you in this way with Peter's Generous Award. It's, uh, oh, it's quite interesting, actually, that Larissa is the recipient because she has some commonality, I think, with the practice that Jeff has assembled for us this year. And one of the things that I wanted to do when I set up the new was uh, make it certain that it always was an opportunity, not just for artists, but for guest curators who could come into our midst and work with us. We learn so much from them. Uh, maybe we teach them a little bit too, I don't know, but uh, it, it, it enlarges our community. Uh, I hope it spreads our culture of generosity beyond just these walls uh, and, and goes into the atmosphere of the cultural development of Victoria, of course, but Australia broadly. And I'm pleased to be able to say that we've also recently, last year, taken some of the new alumni with us to Venice, and this year some of the new alumni will go with us to Glasgow. So uh, well beyond our borders now, uh, we're becoming an international force for artistic change, yes. I'd like to uh, welcome and introduce to you Jeff Khan, our, our guest curator for this year. Hardly a year or has passed. We were, uh, Jeff and I were in Los Angeles, not, not together, just by coincidence. I was having breakfast at one of my favourite places, the Figaro, uh, down in Los Feliz with my friend Margaret Morgan, who's recently married into wealth. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> her shout was <laughs> And I was just thinking the night before, because you know I had jet lag, I must get in touch with Jeff Khan. I'm sure he's the right person to be to invite to do the next new. And there you were, Eggs Hollandaise and Jeff Khan comes down the street, uh, right on the corner of Melbourne Street. Very interesting, must have been in the stars, Jeff. And I said, Jeff, hi, how are you? I was just about to write you, would you like to do the next new? And he said, I'd love to. And so that was good, done deal, easy. No, no email correspondence, you know, hence. So it was, it was made in heaven, it was meant to be. Uh, congratulations, Jeff, it's a great show. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, once again, it's, it's, a, it's kind of proven that Akron is this magical, strange place that, you know, welcomes all sorts of artists and visions. Tell us a little bit about the vision that you had for this new. Absolutely. I, I, I have to say, Julia, it actually wasn't an accident that I bumped into you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Invited. And one of the most delightful things 
about you as a curator to, to be able to um, to put the show together and to work with that and to realize that it's that it's about the commissioning of new work, not only looking at sort of um, the most interesting and most interesting new artists, but it's about um, working with those artists from the very inception of their ideas through to the realization. And that's really how I love to work. Um, beyond that, the parameters are pretty open and ACA are very supportive of each curator's vision in terms of what they want to do with the show. So uh, I think it's quite intimidating for in a way, but one I think that carries um, the weight to go into it very openly. So when I went out to make my first round of studio visits and, and do some research and travel around the country, it was really about um, going with the most open minds possible uh, and meeting the broadest range of artists possible and just seeing where those conversations led. And I think, um, you know, one of the things both about um, you as an exhibition and about ACRA as an institution is the sheer scale. Those exhibition spaces are absolutely huge and um, a real challenge in a lot of ways for both a curator and an artist to take on. So I was looking for artists who were um, at the stage of their careers where they could really make something of the space. There are very many exhibition places that are like this in Australia. It's very beautiful, um, it's very angular, it has a, a very particular architecture to it. Um, and one which did, in order to sort of really work in the best way that I think it could work, um, uh, for me it invited a work, uh, a style of work that was very playful and very sort of expansive and and build the space in different ways to a, a traditional um, artistic practice. You've done this fantastic thing in putting Ross's work here, mm -hmm. uh, right at the very front, uh, and you can possibly see it from people uh, on the side there, using uh, a kind of chandelier effect almost of um, modernity, a kind of DIY modernity, neon, blue and kind of schnicko, kind of schmicko thing. Um, and what's so funny, Jeff, is I noticed that the opening Everyone comes into the front of the and then they do this funny sort of hand dance. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so, so many people at the opening doing that, you know, it became a kind of, you know, sort of jive thing. Yeah. It's, it's really lovely, it's a charming way to start the show. It looks sort of so inviting and, and you know, playful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it sort of sets up a really nice aerial kind of thing. And certainly that has used the space extremely well. And it's kind of grand the way you've used that height, therefore, to give an uninhibited view of uh, the zoo down the end. Was that always anything to leave the space plan open? Absolutely, and I think that spaciousness of the space was really important to me. It's, uh, it's the kind of scale that it has. Um, you sort of don't find that in, in every other contemporary art space in Australia, pretty much. So um, the, other, the other sort of thing about Russ's work, I think, is that immediately upon um, entering the exhibition, you're sort of swept up into the upper space of Acker and there's this sense of air and light and motion. And then when you get to the walls, you realise that your shadows are a really important part of this work. So it very directly involves each viewer and um, they almost become um, performers as well as, as well as viewers of the exhibition. And that idea of performance and that idea of the body kind of really carries through into a lot of the other works in the show. And I think it's certainly I, true for here, isn't it, with, with um, Katie's Katie work, Lee. Katie Lee's work, which is almost like a sort of gymnasium of objects and things and invites us to consider how our body might be relevant to those things and to the space around it. Absolutely. Uh, there, there seems to be a really nice kind of cross between that project 
and the zoo as well, where we have a, another kind of gymnastic sculptural event inside the zoo enclosure, mm. but absent of the animals, of course. And very important, I think, to those two works at the entrance is, is sort of the way we look, and um, and they're so large scale, both Ross's work and Katie Lee's work, that we almost have to look with our, with our bodies as well as our eyes, because they, they really sort of invite a kind of um, a, a level of performance and, and physical engagement in their interactions. So by the time you get down to Bennett's work, right at the back there, which is a, it's a much more introverted work, it's a much more quiet work, you're thinking in those physical terms and you're thinking about um, the way that sort of uh, a live performance or in Bennett's case, which is the reconstruction of the Berlin Zoo, the absence of, of a live animal or a live performer really sort of impacts on your reception of the work. And you've also put, uh, or you've allowed the artist to put little screens around the space as well, Katie. Uh, so she's not just in this space, she's also inhabiting other parts of the space with another performer. Uh, so it kind of folds the space out and inwards. It's quite interesting that, you know, it's, uh, to see the gallery empty but yet filled. Uh, as we do with all the works at the moment, it's, it's intriguing, I think. It's a, it's a lovely kind of movement. I think both as, as a curator and as an artist, that opportunity with, to play with the space is absolutely irresistible. And um, in terms of Katie Lee's work, uh, having access to the empty Apple galleries, and as you know, they're sort of not empty for much of the year, was a fantastic opportunity to make a work that responded directly to the galleries here. and. Um, and did invite, uh, she collaborated with a dancer, Carl Premisgoden, and, uh, and sort of that work is really about exploring um, his response to the space. And being a dancer, I guess he has an extraordinary sort of awareness of his body in relation to the different kind of spaces that he occupies and, in, and uh, sort of inhabits. So that work is a very honest kind of representation in a way of somebody who is very physical, having a very sort of physical reaction to the space. Tell us a little bit about Kate Mitchell's work. So Kate Mitchell um, is an extraordinary performance artist. She um, likes to make things really hard for herself, basically, in her work. And um, a lot of her sort of performances and her video work incorporate ideas of, um, of labour and duration and endurance and um, involve her performing sort of everyday tasks that she somehow manages to make really hard for herself in an exploration of, of effort and of the kind of trials and tribulations that we all go through in a way. Um, and so her work, um, which you'll see on the left-hand wall at the back of the Acker Gallery, um, is uh, called Get Into It. And it's the um, extremely sort of blown up facade of a building which she is scaling with toilet plungers, um, which is kind of a, a kind of uh, a fiction or a idea of a movement through space that you often see in cartoons or in silent films or any of those kind of uh, filmic mediums which exaggerate reality and, and invite a kind of more transgressive engagement with the world, I guess. And so Kate has actually sort of reconstructed that cartoon reality in real life and uh, tested herself to actually scale that wall. And she said it's, the, it's physically the hardest thing she's ever done. Um, there's no sound in the work for a real purpose because it's full of like extraordinary grunts and groans and moans and things that would probably turn you right off if, if you were to see it. But um, she's really, um, you know, heroically, I guess, um, taken on that task and not stopped until she's achieved Quite different to the beautiful sounds that we hear in your work, Angelica. What a wonderful project. Congratulations. 
I don't know if any of you have had a chance to see it yet, but it is absolutely superb. I know that you will all want to spend a good deal of time in that space. Angelica's practices four subjects, people subjects. Um, each of them are part of an immigrant culture. And tell us, just tell us actually a little bit about the back, background to the work, because it, it, they're beautiful stories, I think. Mm. Um, well, I was living in um, Paris in 2008-2009 and I encountered um, a young guy busking on the metro, which is very common to see in Paris, but this person was really unique and the experience of his performance was very affecting and um, kind of unforgettable. And, and so he inspired, actually, he inspired me to sort of... Um, do some kind of work with him. I didn't know at that stage what, what it would be, but I just knew that I wanted to somehow record the kind of experience that I had just had with him on the Metro. Um, around that same time, I also um, heard of a story of a woman, um, just through word of mouth, a friend said that he was exercising in his local, local swimming pool, and he'd just seen this incredible African woman slapping the surface of the water, making this percussive, rhythmic sound. And those two things at the one time sort of started me thinking about, um, about uh, I have a history, I have a background in performance, and so it just struck me at these types of traditional um, performances that are occurring in urban spaces and that have sort of undergone some kind of adaptation in order to um, survive in, in new environments. And so it took me about a year to find both of them, um, and I went back and shot it in December 2010. And um, I, it was a great experience, but I just felt like the work wasn't done because for me, the two of them, they hold a lot of you know, socio-political and economic sort of um, issues that are pertaining particularly to Paris with, amongst the two of them. Um, Mohammed's Algerian, um, Zondros from Cameroon, so from former French colony. So, for me, what was important about the work was this um, cultural preservation that was going on within these performances. And so I decided that I wanted to extend the work and in order to um, uh, focus those ideas about cultural preservation, I came back to Australia and decided to find if this phenomenon was um, also uh, present here in Australia, which clearly it is. And so I spent that um, six months looking for different um, musicians in kind of informal ways through the um, in, through the world music scene and by speaking to ethnomusicologists. But eventually, I found the two people that I worked with just through word of mouth. And um, uh, the two of them, one is uh, his name is Buku, and he's Mon a Mongolian throat singer. And I heard about him because he used to busk quite regularly on the streets of Newtown. Um, which is an urban Sydney suburb, um, and he, uh, like Songo and Muhammad, has an extraordinary and unique kind of form performance. And the fourth performer I found, his name is Asim, and he's um, from Sudan, and he's based in Brisbane. He's a professional musician, and I encountered him, well, I heard about him when I was at a, a music festival, and someone said, um, it's unfortunate that Asim can't be here tonight, to perform because he plays violin because he's competing in the International Whistling Championships in the United States. And, um, and then they called him the, you know, the whistling cab driver from Brisbane and I was like, that's my guy. <laughs> so um, so I, I tried, I sort of uh, found out a way to meet him and, and that's where the fourth one came from. 
It's a very intense project. Uh, I've noticed already this commonly happens here, and it's something uh, that happens when we especially have music um, as part of the exhibition. But um, quite a few people on, on Saturday who came through were uh, quite visibly moved. Um, quite a number of them came to the front desk to, to talk about it. And I think it's, the intensity comes from, I guess, you know, witnessing this, this quite amazing internal kind of space that is then brought into the community space. And it's also about that um, transport, I suppose, that happens in the immigrant culture where the bit of you that, you know, is the music is intact and is linked and, and attached still to a culture, but it has got to find a way into its, its new place in certain ways. I find it a, a completely satisfying and wonderful uh, ensemble. And when it goes into the cacophony at the end, uh, this blending of imagery and the, the you know, polyphony of music, it, it is really um, absolutely fabulous. I'm not going to dwell on it because I want you to go and see it. We do need to talk uh, quickly to Charlie as well. Another kind of, a sort of mini aerial project, Rift off those fantastic, light, delicate, funny, jazzy, jaunty. I think we were talking about on the week. These sort of jaunty things that are mobile. <coughs> sort of a portrait of you in a bit of a way. One of them is kind of like Charlie in the in the studio and Charlie on the street or something. Tell me a little bit about that practice. It's so it's so um, generous, I think, to an audience to to come upon this work. Really delightful. Um, I think uh, the, the portrait thing is something I think <clears throat> it's not, that's not... You don't want to, you don't want to seem to be a drug taker. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, um, not at all. And that's, uh, it's, it's, it's good for there to be a, a, a tension between uh, what you give of yourself sort of personally and what you gather, you know, objectively. And um, uh, I, I, I like that crossover, that it's neither... A, it neither is a self-portrait or a perfectly sort of, you know, um, kind of a you know, scientific or um, a collector's kind of view of you know, life. I think it's just simply sort of um, going back to this question of how to, I guess, um, frame uh, certain parts of experience and in particular materials. Like, how do I go about um, uh, taking just the, the basic sort of materials from life and uh, trying to... Um, <laughs> Uh, presenters, yeah, I think is a the studio too. It seems to me that you you kind of brought the studio to the gallery in yeah. some sort of way. Yeah, especially if you worried a lot about should I put it in? Should I not put it in? Does it reveal too much about yeah. my process? What I'm thinking is it too knack? All of those. Yeah. Things. <laughs> uh, but it's lovely, and I, and so many people have been sort of standing there watching it and getting into the vibe of it. And I notice a little bit of. Um, yeah, maybe a little nod also to some of the things that some of your colleagues do, etc. This is all part of the community of the art practice, the studio practice, and where you are now in terms of your community of practice. Yeah, so it sort of kind of hovers around being a kind of a document. Um, I think the studio was just, that's the most immediate place. Like, it wasn't, it's, it's hard because you are in the studio. And, um, it's a very mythologized kind of place, and it's very loaded, but when I was thinking about doing it, I had all these other ideas about using other locations or empty places, and it just didn't, nothing gelled like going into the studio and using the webcam in the morning. That seemed to be the most immediate uh, setting, and um, that strategy just 
uh, gave him in to, to, to being able to perform these things. So it's like it's a performance, but it's a it's a, it's a daily document. It's sort of uh, it's 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 a kind of a it's it's all the mess that kind of isn't in the rest of the work. It gets, it gets an inlet through there. Um, and I, I I mean I'm worried at putting myself in the center of the work, and that's something that um, I don't I. You know, I don't, I don't want to forefront myself. Um, but at the same time, there's a kind of a uh, that that idea. Of some aspect of personal honesty is still important to me, uh, and I, I try and bring that into uh, the work I make. Well, I think you've done that very well. <laughs> Given you able to stand back from the whole thing and feel how it is now, and, and look at it and think, yes, that's what I wanted to achieve, what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very sort of strange and rare that sort of uh, the exhibition winds up looking the way it looked in your head. Um, but that is really uh, that's really how it looks to me, and I that's think because um, you're a professional. <laughs> <laughs> keep reminding myself. Uh, but I think you know the the artists have just risen to to the challenge of this show in the most magnificent way, and as you'll see, um, um, as you look at the exhibition, the works are very significantly scaled, and they're all very sort of substantial new works. They're all um, very enjoyable on an immediate level, but there are a lot of sort of layers depending on how much time you want to spend or, or how deep you'd like to dig. So um, it really has achieved what I wanted it to achieve. And really, uh, it comes from working with an extraordinary group of artists. And as much as I'd like to take the sort of to the credit for shaping it, they really have been a, an amazing group to work with. No, if it's rotten, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> It is fabulous. Congratulations, Jim. Uh, it's always wonderful to have somebody come in and revision the space, and we have so many people working with you. Congratulations, Charlie. Congratulations, Angela. And to the other artists who are present, I'm very aware that many of you are standing, and so I would like to invite you all now to not with drinks, uh, go into the space and enjoy what Jeff and the artists have prepared for you. Uh, thanks so much for coming this evening. That you are all here, I am sure, is in due part to the uh, generosity of the governor and uh, his wife, um, Peter Jockney, and his award and Marissa, but also a little bit of a mark on uh, the 10 years that New has become. Uh, so, thank you very much for your attendance, for your attention, and enjoy. Thank you. <laughs>